Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Phoenix, Arizona, is a well-traveled singer-songwriter who was the International Music and Entertainment Association's 2015 Folk Artist of the Year. She had their Folk Album of the Year the previous year. She earned three other notable awards in 2015. Her newest release, entitled Moving On, features eight songs and was just released on July 1st. You have been hearing a song of hers entitled Wanna Say I'm Sorry. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Lily Lambert. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Hi, Lily. Welcome to the show. It's nice to talk to you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, We always like to start off by having the guest talk about the song that was playing during the intro. So in this case, let's have you tell the listeners all about Wanna Say I'm Sorry. Ooh, okay. Well, um, When I Say I'm Sorry is a song I wrote um, as sort of, you get older, should we say, and um, <laughs> you you look back on things and you realize perhaps you were a little bit wrong and you should apologize. Uh-oh. Um, yes, so so it stems from that. It, it changed a lot. It started off um, as a quite a, I guess, retrospective um sort of ballad type thing and then in the studio it just it picked up into a more cheerful song and a more accepting song um and it became a oh well i've tried to say i'm sorry and that's it kind of thing interesting interesting uh lily let's start off i i I guess someone could say we did just start off she talked about the song but i (laughs) i want to lay some groundwork here i i always talk about the fact that uh, I've been blessed to get listeners from 120 countries on this show, and that means that there are people that are just being introduced to you for the first time. Obviously, there are people who are checking out this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment because of you, and they do know who you are. But I want to give the listeners your backstory because I said in the intro that you are in Phoenix, Arizona, but you were born in England, and I know you have ties to New York and Los Angeles too. So. Put all those puzzle pieces together for us. Oh, yes. Um, Yeah, I was born down in the southeast of England, as you may be able to tell from the accent. Um, (laughs) And um, I was there until, oh, probably early 20s. I went to law school in England. I I did everything in England, and, and that was home. And then I went to New York on vacation one time and never went home. Wow. um, Wow. Then I spent quite a while in living in New York, um, and then I, I had an injury, and the cold started to really sort of get to me, the New York winters. Huh. So um, I moved to California 
um, for a while, um, but decided that wasn't for me, and now I'm in Arizona. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. It's you so, know, we we talk a lot in the show about people who who up and move to Nashville, but uh-huh. generally, you know, they're coming from okay, maybe they're coming from quote unquote as far away as Texas, but you know, <laughs> to all of a sudden just leave England and go to New York and say, you know what, I think I'm going to stay here. Yeah. That's that's a that's a big deal. That's a big that's, jump. That's pretty much what happened. I just I just went on vacation to visit some friends and was like, you know what? Yeah, okay. <laughs> now, did you? And and I'm sorry, but I'm I'm one of these annoying, like so detail oriented people that I actually want to know. Like, did you did you honestly not even go back, or did you say, hey, I'm going to stay here, and then you went back to England and got all your stuff together? And- I went I went back to pack up um, and to sort sort things out, but I sort of didn't really tell some friends and some people that I was wow. leaving, like leaving because wow. I'm not I'm terrible at goodbyes. Ah. So I just said to them, you know, I'm going to be gone a while, and and that was. <laughs> And right now they're they're still sitting there. She said she'd be gone a while. Yeah, I, I, she's been gone a while. It's been like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> but I really think she's coming back. It, it should yeah. be any day now. Ten years is probably about the max. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm I'm foreign. I have to renew my visa every now and then. So every time a visa renewal comes up, they're like, maybe this time she'll come home. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Well, you come from a bit of a theater background, uh, if, if you'd like to talk about that. And then there's also an interesting story here about when you would be backstage or in rehearsals or in waiting rooms. Go ahead and tell the listeners what, what, I'm, what I'm referring to. Yes, well, when I, I, I went to New York, I actually um, went back and trained again at the Lee Strasberg Theatre and Film Institute. Um, and my passion since I was a kid has always been musical theatre. I loved it. I mean, in England, to us, musical theatre is Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's about as far as it goes. But um, I absolutely loved it. And so I went back and retrained and did a lot of musical theatre in New York. Um, and anyone who knows anything about theatre knows you spend most of your time sitting around doing nothing. So <laughs> during that time in rehearsals and things, I'd just grab a pen and paper and be writing my own stuff. Um, and I, I had a friend who was at the time recording and I thought, you know what, it's about time I put some of my stuff down as well. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I went on and started recording. That's fascinating. So was that was that a case of that was your initial foray into songwriting or was it, no, I had already been doing it in England. It's just here I was with all this time on my hands sitting around in theaters in New York and decided I would continue. I'd, I'd always done it to a certain extent, but never properly. You know, you kind of scribble down a few things and play a little bit of something and, and, but you never actually make it into a full work unless you're going to perform it or play it for people or things. So I had bits of things all over the place, but in, until I was in New York and, and had so much time um, and around a lot of people who were recording, I didn't really think to, to make it into anything. Mm. Um, but in New York, there's a lot of open, open mic nights and, and opportunities to actually do the arts that there aren't in other places. Okay, so then correct me if I'm wrong. This is this is what I think you just told us that in England you were doing some songwriting, but it was just very, very informal, just kind of jotting some thoughts down and, and not actually constructing them into songs. And then in New York, it became more formalized. Am I right so far? Because I'm yes. going. Okay, so the question I'm going to is, so that means that when you were in England, you wouldn't have been doing something like going to an open mic night because you didn't have formal finished songs to sing so how yeah. was that for, to to be you know a stranger in a strange land to, to, to 
quote a popular cliche, and then going going to an open mic and saying, "Hey, I'm really vulnerable. These are my songs." And oh my gosh, you know, or or, or is it no? The theater helped. I wasn't nervous at all. Oh, it's petrifying. <laughs> playing <laughs> playing your own music in front of people is absolutely petrifying. Um, but luckily, the the arts community in New York is very supportive. I mean, no one goes to these things going, oh, I really hope I see someone fail tonight. You know, no, nobody True. does that. So um, whilst you think that's what they're doing, they're not. Hmm. Okay. So it was a case of do these and, and continue to write music. And all of a sudden the cold weather says, yeah, but I'm going to have a say in this too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, I hurt my back very badly and couldn't do theater anymore. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so I had to uh, find find another career basically, um, and so I started I started really pursuing my own music um, as as what I did. Wow. So uh, so yeah, and and then the cold in New York and the fear of slipping on the ice and hurting myself again was just too much. So. <laughs> and so what uh, what what takes one from Los Angeles to Phoenix? Um, my family have always had. Um, a vacation home in Phoenix and we used to spend a couple of months a year during holidays or whenever we could get time um, out here and I've always loved it I just didn't think it was a viable option for a career for living and working mm-hmm. in 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 the field that I do um, mm-hmm. but I sort of decided that I'm only a few hours from LA and if I need to go I can go so I moved here full time and have found actually that there's a very strong arts community in Phoenix and it's very big on on doing art and I'm actually back in the theater now doing my first musical since I was injured 3 years ago. Well and I was going to ask you when you when you said you know doing what I do and and it was vague enough that I thought hmm well maybe she has a day job and and music is not her her full time uh her full-time vocation, but but as we're going to hear listeners throughout the course of this interview, I would be shocked, Lily, if music is not your your full-time vocation because you have so much going on that, that I don't know how somebody could accomplish all that you have accomplished if you're not doing it full-time. I mean, everybody has little bits on the side that they do to, uh, to make money, obviously, but... Sure. Um, I do... I, I actually recent Well, recently, about a year ago... Um, qualified as a recording engineer so i i run the studio for other people as well um so so music and being involved in music be it studio recording or theater is my full-time commitment okay okay um but not necessarily purely my own music um because we all have bills to pay (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely uh so you know i i as as people who are regular listeners of the show no, uh, this is not a live show in the sense that um, you're hearing this after Lily and I have recorded it um, shortly before it was released. Uh, so I can assure you, Lily, that um, no one is is sending me emails during this interview or, or anything like that. But so so this is not this this question was was written in advance of, of Lily and I even getting on the line together today. So nobody, nobody is, is like trying to pay <laughs> me off and say, get her back to the UK if you can. I don't have um, to set out my family and be like, how could you do that? <laughs> yeah. But, but there, there have been a handful of guests from the UK on my show talking about the success that they're having. Um, I'm thinking of, uh, Luke Potter. Uh, that was last December. That was episode 98. Uh, more recently, there was some, some guests on the show from the UK, Tony Clark, 
on episode 128 or, or a fairly popular interview, uh, Carl Lindquist on episode 119. He actually splits time between London and Sweden. Uh-huh. Lily, I wonder uh, what keeps you doing music here in the U.S.? Is there a temptation at all to, to want to go back to the U.K. and do all this over there? Because when I talk to these people that I'm referring to, Luke Potter, Tony Clark, Carl Lindquist, the other guests that I've had from the U.K., I mean, it sounds like such a thriving music community. And, and there have been a lot of episodes of my show where we've talked about the fact that when you are here in the United States, you put on a cable network and all you see in terms of music festivals are events that are happening in the UK. It's like, why don't we have anything like that here in the US? So, so I wonder, you know, what, what is it that keeps you doing it here instead of saying, yeah, it has been 10 years. I think it's long enough. I, I, I think I'm going to go over there. There's, there's lots and lots of opportunity back home. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that the music industry in the UK is a lot more supportive of independent artists. I think there's more opportunities and I, I think there's more places to play there's more festivals like you said there's there's just a lot more for independent artists to find their feet in the UK the problem with that for me would be moving back to the UK it just it it doesn't I like life in America Hmm. basically that's pretty much what it comes down to I could move back there I could work there and that's that's always options like I say we have to renew our visas and things so if if something didn't come through that's always options Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I like my life in America. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I wonder, uh, it was, I think five weeks ago, I know it was episode 129, so it must've been cause, cause you are episode 134, but the guest was Tony Michaelitis, uh, who lives here in Florida, but, uh, spent the, the overwhelming majority of his professional career, uh, living over in the UK. He was a, a long time uh, promoter, uh, radio man. He, he worked with, with some of the biggest there are David Bowie, U2, people like that. And, mm-hmm. and what I'm getting at is, you know, he sat there and spoke with his fine British accent and, <laughs> uh, and my wife was here in the studio that day. And, uh, and, and Tony was here in person, of course. And when it finished and we were off the air, um, you know, she, she said to me, I could have sat there and listened to him talk all day about anything just because of that accent. And I wonder, you know, does it does it get to a point where you say like, hey, it's great that people like my accent, but I've been in the country for 10 years now. Like, could you just focus on my music because <laughs> I'm, I'm here to be a performer? I, it, 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 what I'm getting like there's there's a client that I have. Uh, she's turning 17 years old a week from today. And, and my when, when I promote her, I just want people to, to focus on this girl sings really well. I don't want it to be, oh, my gosh, she's so cute. How old is she? <laughs> it, never mind her age. Never mind that she's cute. I want it to focus on her voice. And I would think that there has to come a point for someone like yourself where you say, look, it's really great that you Americans get so jazzed up by our British <laughs> accents. But darn it, focus on my music, will you? Yeah, I mean, and because I'm, I'm actually one of the few... English people that sing with an English accent as well. Um, so I do understand that that's always going to be something someone, you know, people comment on. And honestly, having anything to talk about and having people talk about you anyhow is, is not a bad thing. True. But there does come a time where it's like, okay, we've covered that, you know, <laughs> yeah. can, we, can we talk about music or anything else? But, you know, I, like I say, it's, it's always good to, if that's what people remember you by, then they remember you. So if they remember me as the English girl, then they remember me as that. <laughs> At least they remember me. So yeah, yeah good point. Good point. 
I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Phoenix, Arizona, is singer-songwriter Lily Lambert. Visit her official website at www.musicbylily.com. And yes, you can certainly find her on social media too. Lily is on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, plus she is also on Reverb Nation in fact, currently ranked number two on there. Of course, do purchase Lily's music. It's available on iTunes, Amazon, and even on Spotify. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio on nhte.net, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram If you're a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I mentioned a few of them already. Tony Michaelitis, uh, Luke Potter from episode 98, Tony Clark, 128, Carl Lindquist, episode 119. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. And by the way, whether you're going to look for Lily's music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. So, Lily, let's talk about your newest release. I mentioned in the intro of this show that it's called Moving On and features eight songs. What would you like the listeners to know about this new album of yours? Um, it's... Oh, <laughs> I drew a blank. Um, it's my third album. It's new album. and it has it's eight new. songs. <laughs> it's new and it has eight songs. You covered all the important bits. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's my last album ventured a bit more onto the rocky side, but we've we've pulled back this time into the pure folk pop. Um, some of them are a bit more, some of the songs are a little more poppy than people might expect, but everything stems from the kind of folky roots. Um, I have a lot of influences when I write. Um, I listen to a lot of music. There's pretty much nothing that I don't like. Um, and I always try and bring influences from other genres of music into mine. So you can find aspects of different music, music types in all the songs. Um, so if maybe you don't like one song, there might be something else you like. You never know. Um, and it covers topics, as the album title would imply, um, of moving on and dealing with things and stepping into like the next, the next chapter of your life um, and, and a lot of letting things go. Any influences in particular that that jump to mind? Is there, or or, or maybe you know, maybe kind of the old. I, I, well, I shouldn't say what are you listening to these days because uh, tell us when over, over what period of time was this new album recorded? Because if it was long enough ago, maybe you're listening to entire, entirely different music now than you were then. It was it was predominantly recorded at the beginning of this year. Um, it was written from probably the beginning of last year onwards. Um, but then when it actually we went into the studio to actually record it, we did it in one hit. Wow. Um, 
yeah, it was it was a long sort of month. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, spent a lot of time in the studio um, um, doing it to try and get a more consistent sound. Um, because as you as you say, if you record it over a long period of time, I find that one song sounds a certain way, and then when you record the next song, maybe six months later, it sounds completely different. So making a cohesive album um, under those circumstances can be difficult. Now, where was this album recorded? Um, it was recorded in Arizona um, at the Salt Mine Studios in Mesa. Okay. Um, and your your previous two releases were recorded there as well or elsewhere? No. Um, one was recorded whilst I still lived in New York um, at Spin Studios. And another was recorded whilst I lived in Cal- California, I think, California. It could have mm. been New York, um, but was recorded in Arizona. Um, and it was recorded um, at a studio called Brick Road which is a digital studio and that was a that was a new world for me because I'm analog I'm old school I like <laughs> I like buttons and cables and <laughs> um so so that one was recorded fully digital but on this one we went back to um the analog with the big mixing board and you know the big console and everything um and we actually even to get a bit more of a retro sound we actually ran it to to 2 inch tape wow um, and before we mastered it, um, so wow. yeah, so it has. It has. If you, you probably can't hear on modern stereos too much, but it has a bit of that pop and a bit of the crackle that you get from older recordings um, because we ran it to tape. Wow, and it's funny because we, as soon as you said analog, the, the, I, I had the I had the word tape. I was going to say you know reel to reel, you know yep. like on the tip of my tongue, but I thought well. I'm, you know, let her tell the story and ha, 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 I'm sure they didn't use that, you know, and, and lo and oh, behold, no. you're here to say, no, we actually did. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are doing that these days. It gives your recordings a sort of a warmer sound, um, uh, a slightly more, it compresses it slightly and it, it, it just gives it a slightly more warm feeling. Well, and good for you for, for having that that depth of knowledge uh, so as to not be someone that's taken advantage of that says, okay, I'm showing up at the studio for the first time. I've not worked with them before. And they say, okay, we'll just kind of put this girl on the assembly line and get her through and out the door. And you're going, well, wait a minute. Cause I know, <laughs> I know what I know and I know what I want. And you yeah. know, this is the sound that I'm looking for. So, uh, good for you. It sounds like it was a, a good experience. It really was. I, I, I would have no problems going back recording there again. It was great. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus, want a unique way to gain some exposure? Find one or more places online where you can write a guest blog. Lots of websites welcome such and are always willing to give a reciprocal link back to your website. Do your homework first, though, so your initial request can not only already state what you would like to write about for them, but make sure that it's on target with what they usually publish. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show, To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format. 
giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. And listeners, uh, Lily mentioned two previous recordings. Uh, one was actually uh, a Christmas project, and the other one was an album called So Far. So you can find those on iTunes as well when you're looking for Moving On. Um, Lily, uh, you are nominated for three different IMEA awards this year, the International Music and Entertainment Association. You are up for Folk Album of the Year, Folk Artist of the Year, and Folk Song of the Year. I realize those are nominations and that you haven't actually won yet, (laughs) but with the track record that you do have, I, I alluded to a bunch of awards back in the intro, are you starting to clear space on your mantle for more trophies? <laughs> um, there's always space for more, you know. <laughs> you can never have too many. <laughs> Just talk about that mentality, though, because, you know, I, I, I know that the, the, the standard answer that people always give is, you know, oh, the awards are always nice, you know, but, and, and then they dismiss it. But, I mean, you know, come on, let's be honest. It's, it's got to do a lot for your confidence um, you know, to, to win these types of awards, not to mention be nominated for, in this case, as many as three this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. It does help with confidence, especially when you're not a mainstream artist, um, because you don't sound like everybody else and you don't get played on regular radio and things like that. So it really can, you start to wonder where, who your audience are until you find your feet and your place you start to think, well, nobody's going to listen to this. Um, so it's, it is nice to, to be recognized and to know that you're on a par with other people, be it in your genre or different genres, who maybe don't fit as well. So it's just nice to know that you have a place and you have people that want to listen to what you do. Yeah, I like it. one of the th- one of the statements that you made in there. You know, that w- what I was thinking of as I was listening to your answer is I, I was thinking of the the listeners to this show who are themselves up and coming artists that that listen to my show every week because they're trying to hear from the guests. How are they having this success? That I can do these things also, and. I know that there are days. I mean, I'm I'm an artist manager. I work with I work mm-hmm. with performers, and I know there are days when, as an when as an artist, you sit there and you scratch your head and you say, "Is anybody listening? Does anybody know that I'm out there?" And yeah. so, when the IMEA comes along and tells you, "Yeah, we're listening. You're, you've been nominated for three different awards," and, and as I mentioned, uh, you know, back in the intro, that you actually won the 2015 Folk Artist of the Year, that's when you can kind of breathe a little bit and say, okay, somebody does yeah. know I'm out there. Somebody is listening. Exactly, yeah. It, it It's a very big world, and there's always someone. I've I've traveled a lot, as you know, and, and everyone listens to different things. So there's always someone. It's just sometimes really hard to find them. Yeah, and um, listeners... Uh, Last year, the Song of the Year at the IMEA Awards uh, was awarded to Dee Dee Weedykind. Um, she was a guest on this show also. Um, go back and check out episode 125, uh, the interview with her. Lily, the official music video for your song, Miss You, was okay. shown at the New York City Independent Film Festival. Uh, again, thinking about those listeners that I just referred to who, who themselves are up-and-comers, I wonder how easy or maybe difficult was it to get that opportunity to get your your video to be shown at the New York City Independent Film Festival? I mean, it's it's always possible for these things to happen. You apply and you cross your fingers. Um, that's that's sort of all you can do. You put out your best work that you can, 
and there are forums um, such as, and I've forgotten the name of it, um, but there's a, there's a forum that lists all the festivals that host music videos um, and does an application process for it. Um, and so you can put your video on there, and, but after that, it is just a case of sort of cross your fingers and see if anyone picks it up. But see, this is fantastic because I, I think what I'm hearing you say is that you just simply followed the process that was online and submitted your application and that was it. it you, yeah. I, I haven't heard you say, well, Bruce, uh, I know someone back in New York who I had met and they kind of knew yep. somebody that runs that festival. And No, not at all. Um, I knew no one at the festival. I had nothing to do with it in, in the past. Um and yeah, like you say, I just followed the process. I submitted it, and they picked what they picked. Yeah, I, um, I love that because it gives because it gives people hope. You know, people yeah. that are listening to this say, "Wow, you know, I, I I've submitted for stuff and I've not ever gotten any kind of response. I just do assume that it's you know you got to know somebody. So that so your your answer and your story here is going to give a lot of hope to people who are going to hear this and say, "Okay, I shouldn't get discouraged when I when I submit those those online applications after all." Yeah, I mean, I get turned down a lot too. It, it, everybody does. It's, <laughs> you know, you know, you just have to get used to hearing no. But um, you can, you do get accepted too. It's it's rarer than you hear no more than you hear yes. But it does happen. Well, I wonder, was having your video shown at that festival a big reason why it has gotten so much activity on YouTube, or, or did you do? some form of paid promotion because I see that that video currently has over 21,000 views on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, that video actually, it was very well received and it was actually shown at, I want to say, five different festivals. Wow. Uh, a couple in California, New York, um, one in, I think, Australia. Wow. Um, it, it got, it got, it was very well received and it got shown a lot. Um, and I definitely think that obviously helped with the YouTube traffic. Um, I did have a couple of when it first went up, you know, the Facebook things that say, go watch my video and yep. and all that. So, yeah, I, I did have a couple of that, but I don't think that would have got anywhere near the, the level of traffic that it has. Um, so I definitely do think showing at festivals and also being there when it's showing, if you possibly can. I, I know that involves a lot of traveling, but that's what we do. Mm. Um and being there and showing your face makes you a lot more re relatable to people and makes them want to go on and look at things. Sure, sure. Well, I, I was, you know, I was really spotlighting that New York City Independent Film Festival, but but these others that you just started to mention were, were those all individual situations in and of themselves where you had to uh, yep. on, online uh, submit, apply for all of them, or or was it a case of it just got out there and it started getting handed around to different festivals? A bit of both. Um, I okay. put it up and, and submitted and said, hey, here's my video, please show it, you know, do do what you can. And um, a couple picked it up, and then I had a couple of emails after that from people saying, um, hey, we saw it here, can we show it at ours? Wow, wow, congratulations. Uh, I, I, I love hearing stories like that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a tough world, but it is possible. You just got to keep plugging away. Overnight successes take like ten years. So. <laughs> uh, good for you, though. That's I, I I love hearing these kind of success stories, and that's that's really nice. I mean, I, I'm going to say it again, but it, I I think it really lends a lot of hope, you know, for people who are listening that are discouraged that, well, it's happening for her, but I've, I've submitted to X amount of festivals or X amount of opportunities and none of them have come through yet, but you're just saying, Hey, your, your number's going to come up eventually. Just keep applying. 
It will do. I mean, I, they say, a lot of studies say it takes like five times of people hearing you or, or seeing you before they'll actually remember you and then go on to look at you. So persistence is definitely one of the keys. Cool, cool. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Phoenix, Arizona, is singer-songwriter Lily Lambert. Visit her official website at www.musicbylily.com. And yes, you can certainly find her on social media as well. Lily is on Facebook, Twitter, and as we just mentioned, YouTube. Plus, she is also on Reverb Nation. As I mentioned before, she's currently ranked number two on there. Of course, do purchase Lily's music. I mentioned that she has three releases. Her music is available on iTunes, Amazon, and even on Spotify. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have on that site the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. That's how you subscribe on that platform. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music, too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you very much. Please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I mentioned a few of them before. Uh, I always recommend that you start with episode 101, which is a best of episode where we had highlights from some of the first 100 shows. As always, many, many, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your continued interest and support. And as I mentioned earlier, whether you're going to look for Lily's music and or other music books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. Lily, I've been referring to you as a singer-songwriter, but you do also play guitar. I wonder how long have you played guitar versus, I don't, I don't think we talked about when you first started singing and uh, more importantly, when and where can listeners go see you play and hear you sing? Um, I started oh on piano when I was probably I can't even so young I can't remember. Wow. I, I learned wow. to read music before I learned to like read. Wow! <laughs> and plunked away at the piano and things. Um, and I was in uh, choirs and choral societies in England when I was in school. Um, I started guitar probably when I was about 14 or 15, but I didn't, I didn't really gravitate towards it. I did it for a little while, but I can play, I could play it then, but it wasn't my, my go-to. The piano was always my go-to. Uh. Um, and then when I went to law school, I kind of stopped doing everything. Ooh. Um, because it sucks up all your time. <laughs> so, uh, so for a while, with with all that, I stopped. I stopped music. I mean, I still loved music. I still listened to it. I still sung in the car in the shower like everybody else. But, um, but I stopped actually doing much music. And then when I went back to New York, I started again. And it wasn't quite starting from scratch, but it was. It was a lot of scales and a lot of practicing again and getting getting back to where I used to be. Um, and that time around, I, I had much more of an affinity to the guitar and I was better at it, basically. Um, 
so yeah so so i i did a lot of that um and a lot of vocal training um from from new york onwards mostly okay okay well i i didn't know that that part of your career the the walking away from music um for for law school uh and it, i i i guess um there's a, a little bit of a pattern developing here recently because just last week on the show, the guest was Dylan Addington, and uh, mm-hmm. wow, go back and listen to that one, uh, listeners. Dylan Addington walked away from music for, he took a five-year hiatus and uh, came back strong, uh, just put out a new album in May, built a, a recording studio in his house. He's already working on another new album, and um, then I mentioned Tony Clark before uh, from the U.K., and Tony uh, had an unfortunate life event where uh, he walked away from music and just kind of went back to the daily grind. And uh, lo and behold, is is now back and just can't put the guitar or the pen down. So um, we're on a little bit of a roll lately here with some guests yeah. who uh, who have these types of experiences. Listeners, here's a fun note about Lily. In 2014, you were at the Elton John AIDS Foundation Oscar party? Yes. How, how did yeah. you get that opportunity? That sounds cool. Oh, from from through friends and and things. Uh, yeah, we we went. I went with friends every year for about four or so years. Wow! I think. Wow! Yeah, always always fun. It was my it was my one bit of glamour for the year. <laughs> now I have to ask the question, and and I will I will publicly admit that I'm a huge huge Elton John fan to the point <laughs> where to the point where the first actual album vinyl the first album that i ever owned was elton john's don't shoot me i'm only the piano player album um so i have to ask does he show up at that oh yeah he does yeah he's there he's there the kids are there everybody's there yeah wow yeah it's 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 fun (laughs) did you get to meet him out of those four different years that you went to it Yes, I did. Yes. Amazing. I mean, listen to how humble this girl is. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm Elton John. You're just going to have to pull it out of me. Wow. Wow. Well, and, and and was it, uh, were, were you a fan of his? Oh, yes. I, obviously, as well, being English, he's played a lot on the radios, yeah. even still. And and I remember the first the first sort of, I guess, performance I did. I must have been about... I think probably like eight and I went to a drama school, like uh, a retreat, like a week camp thing, summer camp, I guess. And I did, I'm still standing. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first ever performance I did. So. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, I wonder, is there, um, uh, for, I guess the, the listeners that are in close enough proximity, is there anything coming up uh, maybe it's the theater or maybe it's you're going out to play your original music and or maybe you're going out to play cover songs. Anything coming up where, where people can go see you either doing some acting or actually uh, performing live music? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll plug our theater show. Um, my music is on. It's not on hold. Obviously, I'm still working on it. I'm still performing a lot. But the performance I have coming up is for the first three weeks of September. We're actually doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, and we're we're performing that in Fountain Hills at the Fountain Hills Theatre. Um, so my music performances are on hold until until that finishes because we're just starting now Hell Week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's kind of sucking up time. So my performances had to had to be put on hold for that. But that's okay because I love the theatre. So 
so it doesn't bother me. But now, do, <laughs> do you find any or do you find many other cast members that are like yourself who, who are also singer-songwriters that are putting out original music, or is it just you? Really not that many. Um, a lot of them, they do, they do a lot of theater. A lot of them move into the tech side. They'll stage manage or they'll run lighting boards or do costuming. Um, that sort of thing. I, I really, I used to know a couple in New York, um, who had gone on to do, um, I'd worked with in, in the theater and they'd gone on as well to do singer songwriter or, or performing their own kind of music. Um, but not too, I haven't encountered too many lately. No. So is there any kind of a, I don't want to overstate it and say a wow factor, but are there any of your fellow cast members that are like, wow, it turns out that Lily's a big deal. She's got three CDs out. She does all this original music, blah, blah, blah. Or is it just kind of, you know, mutual, mutual admiration society where, hey, you know, we're all part of the arts, you know. Um, I'm honestly not sure if they know. Wow, wow. <laughs> I haven't told them. Wow, well, they're about to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of shot myself on the foot with that one. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I haven't, I, I don't say anything. So uh, I just go, I'm, I'm an actress, I do my job, and that's that. Wow, you are very humble. <laughs> well, we're going to close today with a song of yours entitled I Forgive You. Uh, but before we let you go, Lily, please uh, tell the listeners all about this song, if you would. Um, again, it's it's kind of a similar train of thought to want to say I'm sorry it's it's about letting go of your past it's it's dumping all your baggage and and moving on forgiving people and carrying on with your life not for their sake but for your own sake to make you to make you happy and to allow you to live the life that you deserve to live Hmm. all right well there you have it right from the source and uh The song is called I Forgive You. I want to mention that this song, as well as the one that, even though I was talking over it, we tried to play at the beginning of the show, Want to Say I'm Sorry. Uh, Both of these songs are from Lily's newest release, which, as I mentioned, is called Moving On. So uh, certainly we are grateful for the opportunity to be able to play them here. But listeners, uh, we always want you to support the guests that are on the show. So uh, Moving On is the CD Uh, that's been released that both of the songs are on where you can get them from in the meantime lily thank you ever so much very much enjoy talking to you and i appreciate you making time to do this today thank you so much for having me it's been great listeners that will do it for this week's episode of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to singer songwriter guitar player lily lambert (laughs) do check out her official website it's www.musicbylily.com and then engage with her on social media. So that means like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that she is also on Reverb Nation. And of course, do purchase her music. It's on the likes of iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. Keep up with Lily online to see when the 2016 IMEA winners are announced since she is nominated in three categories, as we mentioned. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and 
repost is how you share episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Lily Lambert. This is the one she just talked about. It's called I Forgive You. It's been